Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Taiwo Dukoya, the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shape on your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Amen. I want to share, I think I shared it here before, but I'm strong in my spirit, man, to share it again. Matthew chapter 11. From verse 1, I'll just keep, because I'm going towards the end. I'm going to, actually, I'm going to be concentrating on verses 28, 29, which are the two last verses. But from verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass. When Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples, that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John, John the Baptist that is, heard, I mean, had heard in prison about the works of, of Christ, he sent two of his disciples to him. And said to him, are you the coming one? Or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John, the things which you hear and see, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up. The poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Shall we look at that for just three to five minutes before we continue? Here was a man, mighty indeed. I mean, in art, bringing forth, manifesting the work of God on earth. John the Baptist was no mean man. But this scenario presents a man who was becoming discouraged. Yeah. This was the same man that saw Jesus walking and said, Hey. Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the whole, the whole world. But now he's asking questions. Are you the one? Are you the coming one? Or shall we expect another? And now, I mean, it can be explained. You know, now he was in prison. And he never came out of that prison physically. No, he died in the prison. And maybe seeing the way things were going, he never expected the way things were turning out. So he sent two of his disciples to Jesus. Now, see the way Jesus answered. 
Go tell or go and tell John the things you see. That is, you judge for yourself if I am the coming one or not. That was what he was saying indirectly. And what did they see? The blind see. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. Now, um, and this kind of summarized everything that Jesus stood for and came for. The first thing I want to say here is this. If this was all he came for, what he was doing then, which of course was why he came actually, but you see, he didn't conclude until he died. What we were seeing here were for the present, because the ultimate, the consummation will still take place. That will make what you see here universal and that is killed, that's unprecedented. But they were still happening. Another thing you noticed here is this it's all miraculous. Which shows that though a master of the physical is a master of the supernatural. Yeah. If our supernatural or our spirituality does not affect the physical, there's a mistake somewhere. If we are so spiritual that we are not useful to the physical, there's a problem. Of course, the other extreme is horrible, it's worse. If you are too physical or so physical that the spiritual is nothing to you, that one is lost. I mean, it's lost. Another thing you see from this segment is the fact that um, as miraculous as the blind eyes opening, as miraculous as the dead being raised, is the preaching of the gospel to the lost, which we don't see as miraculous. So, when we're saying, I want the power to, to, to open blind eyes, to, to, to stop, you know, uh, deaf ears, to, to make the dumb talk, uh, to raise the dead, uh, probably what you're saying is, give me the power to take the gospel to the poor. But I want you to understand that this morning, something unusual is happening. In the name of Jesus. Oh, glory be to God in the highest. How many of you know that you can do nothing except through the power of the Holy Spirit? No, 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 I mean it. You can't be a good parent. You can't be the parent you want to be without the Holy Spirit. You can't be the wife you want to be. You can't be the husband you want to be. You can be the brother, the sister, or sibling you want to be. You can be the teacher, the engineer, the pilot that you want to be without the Holy Spirit. 
Doctors have been a pastor, a teacher of the world without the Holy Spirit. Forget it. It doesn't work. But we all know this. Yes, we do know. But the truth is that we, after the fire, we often forget. Because he's so available that he's so common to the believer. And the truth is, any lack of sensitivity to the Holy Spirit makes you ordinary at that point. It doesn't mean you are no more a child of God. It doesn't mean you are not going to heaven. It doesn't mean the Holy Ghost does not dwell inside of you. It only means that the Holy Ghost will not take part in what you are doing. And if the child of God has a problem, is the struggle between doing it by my strength, my intellect, my ability, as to align the Holy Ghost to take the lead. Is it this a digression? No, it's not. Because Jesus was saying something here. What the Spirit is not doing, I can't do. Say so, you go tell John what you have seen. You know, I said, blessed is the one that's not offended at me. See, a lot of times I jump ahead of God to do certain things, you know, a lot of times. But I thank God that a lot of times by His Spirit, I'm able to do things that His Spirit will be doing at the time. So it's, wow, when Pastor said this, when Pastor did this, when Pastor did this, the Holy Ghost in me. It's the Holy Spirit. So, you see, he said, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. As soon as they departed, verse 7, Jesus began to say to the multitude concerning John, what did you go into the wilderness to see? A reed shaking by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garment. Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in the king's houses, are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? Why did you choose the wilderness? Why did you choose animal skin? Why did you choose honey and white locust? Why did you go out to see, verse 9, a prophet? Yes, I said to you, I'm more than a prophet. For this is he whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face. Who will prepare your way before you? Assuredly, I say to you. Initially, I thought he was, permit me, talking down John, but he wasn't. And what he was saying was that, John, you are perfect, you're doing well. You've done well. Don't think otherwise. You are doing well. And see, I concluded, assuredly, I said to you, among those born of women, they were still listening, people around him, there has no reason one greater than John. All of them were like, yeah. <laughs> John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Ah. 
Of all born of me, there is none. But in the kingdom of heaven, the least is greater. You know what that will do to any intelligent person? You will shift focus. Who are those in the kingdom? Then who are these ones in the kingdom? And then he continued. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the laws prophesied unto John. And if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. Now, he's saying a lot there. I won't go into all these details. But simply put, he said, hey, you see, I mean, things will be as ordinary as possible and suddenly some prophet will come and everything will shake around them. Everything will revolve around them. And you see them bringing heaven to bear on earth. The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent takes it by force. You know what that tells me about meditation? Without confrontation, there's no conquering. Praise the Lord. I say, Praise the Lord. I say, Praise the Lord. Amen. Thereafter, I'm in verse 20. You know, it says, then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works, just his mighty works, had been done because they did not repent. These cities had seen bright eyes open. They've seen deaf ears unstopped. They've seen the dead raised. I mean, they've seen all sorts. But they, they, they remained the way they were. They became used to these things and it didn't mean anything to them anymore. So he began to, he began to say something about them. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago. So my prayer is that men not take the Holy Ghost for granted. Men not take God for granted. Men not get so used to him that it doesn't matter anymore. No, some get so used to God that they do things very contrary to the word and they think it's normal. Let it be that if I'm found doing something contrary, let it be that I'm struggling with the temptation and God is seeing that I'm struggling. Let it not be that I will just with, him, with, I mean, with, with carelessness and carefree behavior do it and say, God understand, I understand God. You don't understand God. And so he began to rebuke them. Verse 25. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father. Are you here with me? I'm getting to where I'm going. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. Any babe in the house. Say, until you accept you become like a child. You know what that means? Human reasoning, the strongest opposition to the move of God, is not your problem anymore. That's a child in this palace. 
I thank you that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to the babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me. Now he was talking about himself. All things have been delivered to me. Please follow me. By my Father. You see what? You see? You see? Things seem to change. See, you see, you see, generally it's our father, but it was Jesus' father. And every time you hear Jesus say, my father, watch. Watch. So in, in the whole of the Old Testament, you see the concept, you see father, father, my father, our father, 15 times. In the Synoptic Gospels alone, 65 times. And mostly by Jesus. In fact, all by Jesus. In the book of John, a hundred times. So in the Gospels, 165 times. My father, no wonder all the works were done there in the physical. Those are the accounts of his physical existence on earth. So can I announce here today that something's about to start in somebody's life and can I tell you what's going to happen? My father is going to surprise somebody. In the name of Jesus. Did you hear me? My father. Um, if you are born again, you can address say my father too. Say it like you mean it. Hey, uh, <laughs> you know what the service is? Say, can a mother forget him in her suckling child? Maybe she can. But I will never. You know what Jesus said to the disciples? He said, I will never leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I was talking to the Holy Ghost. Here Paul talking. He said that the, that the Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I understand. You see, these people, these men that really, they don't tell you all because how, many, how much can they tell you? And I understand why someone like Papa Debo will always say, Daddy. And I was like, He has an understanding. Hello? Tell your neighbor, you are never, are you, say, are you born again? Ask them. Are you born again? Please ask. No, don't assume. Ask them. Then you are, you will, you are never alone. You are never alone. Your father cares. Huh? Why are you behaving as if you are an orphan? Why? When Jesus will give us the insight into the fire, the working of the kingdom. See, it's like a father who had two sons and the younger one, you know, the prodigal son, gets the turning around. When he came to himself, he said, I will arise and go to my father. Not your father. Your father can judge me all you want. You can judge me all you want. The whole world can judge me all they want. But I will arise. With my stinkiness, with my failure, with my shame, with my disgrace, with my... 
I'm going to my father, my father, my father. And he was not talking of physical father-son there. He was teaching the deep concept and understanding of the kingdom of God. It's a father-son relationship. Can you say I'm enjoying myself? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, he says, Your father, said, why are you behaving like the unbeliever? Your father knows that to have need of these things. And when we teach them on prayer, and when you pray, you say, Our Father. You, you say, Our Father. But for me, it's my Father. Yeah. Huh? 25. I thank you, Father. Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good to you. All things have been delivered to me by my Father. So what things are troubling you today? What things are the issues? All things are mine. They've been given to me by my father. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I don't know what, what man is using to, to threaten you. I don't know what the devil is using to frighten you. All things. And no one knows the son except the father. No, does anyone know the father except the son? And the one to whom the son will reveal or wills to reveal him. 28. Did you hear what he says? Everything is mine. So what's your problem? What's troubling you? Then 29 said, come unto me. See who he's saying, come. The one who says, everything has been given to me by my father. Come unto me. Oh, what? Labor. And that what? Heavily. I will give you. Tell anybody, say, see, can you catch it? You are entering your rest today. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I will give you rest. Hmm. I will. Not everybody can say I will. If you call me today and say, come, I will give you $10 billion, I will doubt you. Not because I think you, you're joking, but because I'm not sure you have it. But if Bill Gates or Dan Gotti says, come, I'll give you a million naira, will you doubt him? Uh, 
If we say, I'll give you 10 million naira, will you doubt them? No. Why? Because all through times and in the papers and from what you hear of them and what you hear they do, you have come to believe that they are worth much, much more. Jesus said, all things have been given to me of my father. It's a mystery. It's a mystery that the wise don't understand. That only the babes have understanding. So come unto me, all you will live when I have a legend and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly. Hallelujah. I am gentle, I am meek and lowly in heart. And you will do what? Find. I can hear you. I can hear you. Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. Boarding is light. Let me just quickly round that up. Come. Now, I realize. Somebody made a comment, actually Jack Hayford. He said, this was the first general and public invitation by Jesus walking the physical earth. Come unto me. All who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you. I will give you rest. I've been trying to understand that I will in English language. language I think when you say I will, what does that mean? One of the strongest expressions of something that. Yeah. Come! I will! And Jesus is the one saying, I will. What, do, what, what if today, in that area of sickness, you come? What today, what if today, in that area of poverty and fear, you come? What if today, in that area of shame and seeming disgrace, you come? What if today, in that area of failure and fear of the future, you come? He says, I will. What if today in that area of the marital problems, parental problems, he says, I will. I will. I will. I will give you rest. Jesus said he will give you rest. So if there is something that's about to begin with you, you are taking the first step into the rest of the rest of your life in that area of your life. In the name of Jesus. Fear, this may never happen again. Rest. Jesus says so. give you rest. And I realize that every time Jesus said, come, a miracle happened. At least from the pages of the Bible. In Mark chapter 1, verse 17, where I was talking to the two brothers and their friends, the fishermen, he says, come, follow me. I will make you. The rest is history. They followed him. 
he made them for life and eternity. Every time, Jesus said, Come and mend heed miracles. Remember Matthew chapter 14? In verse 29. That's revelation. The man got revelation there. If indeed you are a child of God, expect rest. Because that's what it is. But let me just quickly... Fourteen twenty-nine, Matthew. The Bible says that he has told them to cross over and they were going and there was trouble on the sea. Yeah, remember? And he was watching them from where he was praying. He could see, he could see the entire earth. He was looking at them, his eyes were on them. They were in the deep of the sea, in the middle of the sea, in the deep of the night, and there was a storm. They were worried. Their experiences could not save the day. There were times, I mean, there are times that when your experiences fail. When your expertise are not enough. So he came down and was working to them. But the Bible said he would have walked past them. So I began to wonder. The lesson there, because he would have walked past them. Maybe he was going to like, hey, you guys, stop getting scared. This is a man walking on the sea that you're scared of. There's no way you can stop. Maybe. But when they saw him, they, I mean, the trouble began double. They shook. They were scared. And guess what? He said, it is I. I am the one. Do not be afraid. Peter said, if you are the one, bid me come. Jesus said, come. Guess what? Peter walked on the water. Every time, Jesus says, come and obey a miracle. And he's ever saying it. Everything you see he has done in his word is inviting you to come in that area of your life. By stripes you are healed. What he's saying is like, come and be healed. The Bible says, let's come boldly to the throne of grace. That might obtain what? And find favor in the time of need. Every time. Remember in John chapter 11, verse 43, he said, Where did you lay him? He said, By now, he's stinking. After weeping with them, and after educating them, after listening to their advice, that the body is stinking, he said, Roll away the stone. They say, He's stinking. He said, roll away the stone. He moved away. Guess what? Father! Whoa! I know 
you have hurt me. Why? Because you always hear me. Then he said, Lazarus! Shall we shout that word? Come forth! Oh my goodness, the dead jumped out. I, I perceive today in the name of Jesus, whatever is dead in your life is about to answer to a call. Come in the name of Jesus. I say, come forth. Come forth in the name of Jesus. Oh, he says, come unto me. Labor and a heavy laden. Again, I perceive, I mean, I realized you that even those he didn't say particularly or specifically to, to come, but do, that did come, they got miracles. Oh, 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 what about the troubled or rather, I mean, let me see where I put it here because, yeah, the troubled leader of the synagogue, Jairus, was troubled. He ran to Jesus because his daughter would die. He says, come and lay your hands on her and she shall live. He says, I'll come. The baby, the child lived. <laughs> hey, what about this Ephesian woman? Troublesome. The daughter got healed. What about the multitude of the demon possessed and the seeker? The Bible says, and when it was even time and the sun was going down, then they brought all the seeker and now the withered. They brought them out from all the villages. My dad used to sing the song in Yoruba. Oni Runiai Sawa Shuga Wafa Yolo Lewa. When the evening had come and the sun was setting, they brought all the sick from all the regions to him. They did the coming. And the Bible said, Divers were their sicknesses and oppressions and fears, but everyone went back rejoice. Jesus says, Come! The most dangerous thing you can do, or the greatest disservice you can do to yourself in the trouble, is to say you can do nothing. There's one thing you can do you can face Jesus. When there's no one and nothing, you can turn to Jesus. You can approach him. He says, and no one that comes to me will I in any way cast out. As I close, he says, oh, labor and a heavy laden. You see, labor there, if you look at the strongs, say, all who toil. You know what toil means? You strive for something, but you scarcely get it. You struggle, you work hard, but you get little or nothing for it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the idea of labor was never born until the fall in the garden. When it comes to toiling and getting nothing, it was the result of the fall. But when he said to the man, I curse the ground on your behalf, 
you will labor. Out of your sweat, you will, you will till the ground instead of bringing it to give you thorns and thistles. And yet, that's where your food will come from. But the psalmist says, we will praise the Lord and the ground will yield his increase. What was the psalmist? A covenant child of God. And for the believer, Jesus said, you are branches on the vine and it's my father's great pleasure that you bear fruit and that your fruit will remain. Can't you see the scripture saying, come, come, come. That is labor. What about weary? The despondent. The fainting. The give ups. He said, I will give you rest. And the book of Hebrews tells me, that there is always a rest for the covenant child of God. Some interpret it to mean there is always an end rest. Ooh, check the kingdom of God of all his blessings. Oh, the major consummation is there. But it's here to buy faith. It's here to buy faith. Now. Shall we rise? And let me tell you as a covenant child of God. What the covenant does is that it, it, it tailor makes you for obedience. It tailor makes you to be led by the Spirit. Because as many as are led, they are the sons of God. Come on, Hebrews 13 20 said, May the God of peace who brought our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, what does he do? Make you perfect. What? Make you fitter for every good work. Covenant. There's a rest for you. Amen! I say in the name of Jesus, there's a rest for you. Amen! You know what he says in the book of Hebrews? He says, because they don't believe. It's unbelief that made them not to enter. But I can see you believe. Just lift your hand and say, I receive. I enter my rest. In the name of Jesus. Whatever the area of your life, I want you to bring it right. I said, don't hold anything back now. Don't hold anything back now. It's through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Is it, an, is it, is it a sickness matter? Is it, some, is it some fear of the future? Is it financial lack? Come on. Is it some failures and some fears? Is it some marital problems? Come on. Bring it to the table. Through the power in the blood of Jesus and in the name of Jesus, we turn the table against the enemy right now. Enter into your rest in the name of Jesus. Come on. Begin to bring it to the table. Begin to bring it to the table. No more fears. God has not granted you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and the sound mind. If anybody is qualified for God's blessings, you are qualified too in the name of Jesus. You are a covenant child of God. Uh-huh. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of, of his son, of sonship, by which we cry, Abba, Father. He's our Father too, like he's the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Will you lift up and say, Father!
Come on, tell him, tell him, tell him what the issue is in the name of We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Dukoya, please contact us at the Fountain of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries, Off Town Planning Way, Ilukoju, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you. God bless you.